Chatters and Matters with Ashling O'Rourke on Midlands 183 with St. Kieran's Nursing Home, Rathcabin and Comfort Keepers Living Care Services. Good morning and welcome to this week's episode of Chatters and Matters here on Midlands 103. I'm your host, Ashling O'Rourke, and the programme is brought to you with thanks to Comfort Keepers and St. Kieran's Nursing Home, Rathcabin. Well, I hope you are safe and well and, you know perhaps curled up on the sofa or even in the bed with a hot cup of tea as you join us this Sunday morning. Thank you, as always, for tuning into the programme. I hope you're safe and well and you've had a very good week. Now, last week we took a moment to pay our respects to Ashling Murphy and offer our condolences to the Murphy, Leonard and Casey families. But I think it's fair to say that the topic of conversation, not just here in the Midlands, but right around the country over the past week and a half, has been that of Ashling Murphy and the violent way in which her life came to an end. And I think it's something that has really brought about a new conversation around how we treat women in our society and violence within our society. And it felt right to touch base on this once again this week because it is such an important topic to talk about. And we're joined now by Anne Clark of the Offaly Domestic Violence Support Services. Anne, welcome to Chatters and Matters. Thanks for having me on. Good morning. Anne, it's been such a tough week. I think it's been a very emotional time here in the Midlands. Um, And it the death of Ashling Murphy in such a brutal way has brought to the fore the way we treat women in this country and the level of violence in this country. And I'm sure for your service, well, the people who work in your service and the support service, but also the people who you work with, I'm sure it's been a difficult time for you too. We were just talking during the week as a team in our meeting about that we all feel a heaviness hanging, you know, this kind of dark cloud that's over us. And, um, you know, the way and we completely send our, our condolences to Ashley Murphy's family, her parents, her brother, her sister and her boyfriend and extended family and her, even her, her students and, and, and colleagues, um, you know, for a, a beautiful young life to be taken so violently. Um, it just it's just every person's um, parents uh, worst nightmare. You don't actually you don't you can't even prepare for something like that because it doesn't come into your psyche that something so vicious can happen uh, to your, your loved ones. So, yeah, we've certainly felt uh, a heaviness and, and a deep sorrow and I think we the whole community are in deep sorrow uh, with that um, level of violence but as you say in our in our service you know we're dealing with that level of violence almost every week and we're mitigating against women's safety every week and there are some weeks where uh, somebody will come in on a Friday afternoon and with really really difficult situation and you don't know if that person is going to be alive uh, the next Monday or Tuesday until they make a contact with you again and it can be really difficult um, women are, are, are afraid they're in fear in their relationships. They're in fear of progressing in regards to breaches of orders because of the consequences don't match up with the, with the act. And so therefore they're afraid to come forward and speak uh, up in, 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 of, in their defense of, of what has happened to them. So, yeah, it's been, we see that violence uh, 
every every week. We we in 2020 we saw our client contacts rise by a hundred percent. We saw new clients rise significantly from the previous year was 117. 2020 was 185. Um, our client individual clients in 2020 were 240 in 2022, there were 285, you know, so, you know, lockdown and COVID has had a huge significant um, effect where it's had placed a magnifying glass on violence in the home and and violence in our community. And like, we have to be honest here as well in that this is not a new problem. Like the situation with lockdowns, obviously made things much, much worse for an awful lot of people. But this has been a problem that's been in Ireland and we've had action plans and strategies launched by government over the decades, but yet we're still battling with it. Is it, is it a cultural problem? Um, yeah, you know, we marked 25 years. OWSS was founded in 1997 and we marked 25 years of providing support this year. And the service was founded uh, following the death of a family uh, niece. And they, they, they realized there was nowhere for someone to go. And they, you know, a number of women got together. Molly Buckley, who's on our board of, of management for, since that time, uh, was one of those founding members. And to think that we go into Mark 25 years and we lose uh, another innocent woman to violence is quite shocking. And that it's very systemic in our society. You know, people don't want to talk about domestic abuse. In fact, throughout the week, we heard, oh, that's domestic abuse. That's different. It's not different. Violence in the home is, is the same if it's on the street, in your workplace, if it follows you to the gym, if the person is stalking you in town as you're doing your shopping. It's still violence against women. And is it, is, it's, I, won't, I wouldn't say it's cultural, but I would say it's a kind of hand-me-down belief system. And it's, it cuts across all society. You know, women are paid less. We've less women on board of managements. We've less women in, in, in politics. You know, we, we, we're constantly as women trying to take our place. And so society sees women as, as something lesser than men. And so that systemic culture of belief system then thinks that, you know, to, to beat your wife or to cause abuse to your partner is acceptable. And it's not acceptable. But we're seeing that level of violence in the community. We're seeing women disclose that there's threats to kill. We see women disclose where they've been threatened with weapons, such as guns, swords, samurai swords, knives, you know, um, kitchen equipment, farming equipment. I mean, the list is endless. You know, we talk about intimate partner rape, non-consensual sex, sexual coercion, coercive control. All of these are present every day for one in four women in this country. And coercive control one in three women, you know, and and so there we have this level of violence that's just brimming up each 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 year, brimming, brimming. And then we the, the severity of the abuse is extremely alarming. And we also see this from men, too. You know, our service is one of the few services that support men and 20 percent of our clients would be male clients. And it can be really difficult for a male client to come forward because, again, society tells them, oh, you, you're, you can't cry. You have to be a hard, tough guy. You know, yeah. big boys don't cry. Big men don't cry. Men don't show their feelings. So then how does a man come forward and disclose he's a victim of abuse? So, you know, we do support men as well. And that level of violence is there for men. It's there for women. But predominantly, gender-based violence is women. And we see that. And research has shown us that. And if we are 
out and about, I don't know, on a walk, in town, whatever it might be, and we see what looks to us as being an incidence of violence, there will be, I think, a gut reaction of, oh my God, I should do something. But then there's a fear of, well, if I intervene, I'm going to get hurt too. Is there a right way or a safe way to intervene or to, to, to get help or to do something instead of, I'm supposed to be asking, what can we do if we see an instance of violence? So we have to be really careful, um, actually, that we don't make it worse for the victim, because even if you were to intervene at that particular point, and then you don't know what's going to happen behind closed doors. Right. So you don't know, is this person going to be at further risk? So we have to be really careful. So something like that, if you see something on the street, call the guards. You know, call the guards, tell them what you've seen, tell them that you have concerns. If it's somebody, a friend or a family member or a neighbour, you know, the most important thing we tell is somebody is, you know, first of all, tell them that you're concerned about them. Tell them that you're here for them if they need to talk. And then you don't judge. So we don't need statements like, if it was me, I wouldn't let someone, you know, hurt me. Mm. If it was me, I'd be gone the first time they'd lift his hand. If it was me. So we don't need the if it was me, because you don't know if it was you, what you'd do. And we know that the biggest thing that people always say is, why did she stay? You know, why didn't she leave the first time? We don't support women to leave. The system doesn't support it. We women are women who leave end up in horrend. They, you know, they might have financial abuse, so they don't have any money. They mightn't be able to find other accommodation. They have nowhere to go. Um, they could be in fear to leave because we know leaving an abusive relationship is one of the most um, uh, at risk times. You know, and their level of of having uh, something serious happen to them increases the minute they begin to pull away from that perpetrator. So we know that's a really risky time. Um, You know, encourage that person maybe to talk to somebody that they trust. I wouldn't say a mutual friend because sometimes when you do a mutual friend, that friend might go back to the perpetrator and say, do you know this is what she's saying? So you find someone you trust yourself. Um, you you talk to a service like ourselves, you encourage them to ring a headline, you know, so that we can help put in safety planning measures or a domestic violence order that protects them from that threatening behaviour. So it's really listening, not to be judgmental and to say, look, I'm here anytime you need me. And then really for if you're really, really worried that you say, look, if you ever send me a code word such as, you know, you know, there could be like I see a lot used in, 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 in such as pizza, you know, like you're hiring, you're going to order a pizza or something like that. That if you send a code word that, you know, then at the other end that this person is in deep trouble, that you then call the guards or you call for some backup and help so that you, you navigate that support. Because until the person is ready to leave themselves, you know. Um, we then we have to, it's a fine line that you don't start controlling them like the perpetrator is controlling them. It has to be them that makes those decisions. And we really do place an awful lot of pressure on the mother to be that protector. You know, we, we say, you know, what are you doing to protect your kids? Why aren't you leaving? Why aren't you telling, you know, so we place all this pressure and the perpetrators in the sideline. And he's just sitting back, grooming every service and telling her she's a bad mother. I'll get the kids if you're going to leave. You won't, you, you wouldn't be able to manage them without me. How are you going to live? So it, there's this constant self-doubt and, and disempowering her as a parent, disempowering her as a, as a mother. Uh, so then it makes it very difficult for her to reach out and get that support. And then the biggest thing is stigma. You know, who, you know, women are still, 
feel ashamed, they feel a sense of responsibility, they think it's something they're doing because the perpetrator is filling and then with all of that, like, you know, if you did this, then this wouldn't happen. You know, if you had, if you, you know, if you had the dinner in time, I wouldn't have to get mad. You know, why didn't you know what dinner I like? You know, we have perpetrators controlling women, how they, what they wear, you know, how, what, if they wear makeup, how they do their hair, whether they're allowed work, if their family members are allowed visit, you know, so they completely isolate them the whole time in, in regards to the home. So it's very, very difficult then for them to reach out because their support network is made smaller by that perpetrator. Well, I think you've given us some really simple but hopefully effective tools. Just say to the friend, the family member, whoever it might be, look, I'm worried and yeah. it's, and I'm here if you need me. If yeah, anything are, ever, you okay? are you OK? And yeah. look, if ever if anything ever gets really, really bad, just text me the word pizza. And I know to get help. Or whatever. Um, or whatever word, yeah, whatever, whatever word, word it might be. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and if I, anybody is in, if anyone's in distress and they're worried about the relationship, if the really big thing here is if you have to, if you feel in your gut that something is wrong in your relationship, it most likely is wrong. If you have to Google behaviors, this is happening in my relationship. If you're Googling that, there's something wrong with your relationship. You know, have a look at the red flags. Are you, are you, is there always an issue if your family member comes over? You know, is there an issue? Are you, are you told, oh, well, what time will you be home? Is there constantly checking up on you? Where you're going, what you're doing, who you're seeing, how much petrol you're putting in the car, what distance you're doing? Have you to hand over receipts for everything that you buy? Have you freedom of your money? You know, you know, have you the freedom to say no if, for, for consensual sex if you don't want it? You know, look at all these red flags. And if, you know, if you feel that you're, that there might be something in your relationship that you're worried about, pick up the phone. We are a non-judgmental, confidential service. It's free. All our services are free. And there's a myriad of different ways we can support, particularly safety planning. Give us a call on 05793-51886. And if you can't talk, we have a text support line, and that's 86 we have a live chat box on our website and it's www.odbss.ie and you, we on all social media platforms and we get so many DMs to our social media that are all confidential. So there are all ways that you can reach out and get that support. Well, Anne Clark of Offaly Domestic Violence Support Service, thank you very much for your time this morning. And if what we've discussed this morning uh, and will be discussing today is affecting you, please do pick up the phone to 057-935-1886. We'll be back after the break. Chatters and Matters with Ashling O'Rourke on Midlands 183 with St. Kieran's Nursing Home, Rathcabin and Comfort Keepers Live-In Care Services. You're listening to Chatters and Matters here on Midlands 103. I hope you are enjoying our programme this morning. Well, before the break, we spoke about domestic violence and and gender-based violence. And to continue the conversation a little bit, um, we're joined now by Midlands 103's very own Tara McCormack. Tara, thank you for uh, coming on air a little bit earlier than usual. Ashling, thank you for having me. People will be sick of listening to me now by the end of the day, being on at 12 as well. <laughs> I, no, 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 absolutely not. So, Tara, tell me, I know, like, I was speaking there with Anne Clark about the horrific death of Ashling Murphy. And I think it's fair to say it has affected us all in a variety of different ways. And I think it's made us think about 
ourselves out and about in public and I think it's fair to say all women, we do take precautions, whether they're subconscious or not when we're out, especially if we're out on our own. You have been, is inspired the right way to to try and do something um, to, to to give back a little bit um, in the wake of Ashling's death. Tell us, um, tell us what you've organised. Yeah, so, well... <laughs> As you said, I don't think it's necessary to explain that the happenings that has made the the whole nation stand still. And I'll be honest with you, how this initiative came about is the fact that Ashley Murphy was in my sister's class at the Sacred Heart School in Tullamore and they played music together, they sang together. And do you know what? Like as an older sister, I, I couldn't comprehend like the heartbreak that she felt, that I felt, and evidently the whole nation has felt. And I could not do something, no matter how big or small that may be. And see, the thing about it is the harsh reality is Ashling did everything right, everything. And this cruel, vile act will forever be on my mind and everybody else's mind, but she will be forever in our hearts. But if these classes provide the knowledge to protect one woman in any situation or for one woman to feel even safer in her community. That's my job done, kind of. So the response to the Women's Four Weeks Out Defence course has been outstanding. And hence, the first course is actually now full. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it's been incredible. But however, we will be recording each session so any person can avail of that information in their own time. So all you have to do is register at MacSelfDefense.com. So it's MCSelfDefense.com. And we will then add you to our email list and that'll be sent to you and the course will be sent to you online. But it will also update you on any potential new course dates as well. And just to add as well, Ashing, that this is all free of charge, but all donations will be greatly appreciated to the amazing people at Awfully Domestic Violence Support Services. Like the and real we should problem. say, Tara, as well, like Offaly is one of nine counties, nine counties in the country that do not have a women's refuge. We do not have a place where, the, where women can be told you can go here and you can be safe. Um, and, and, and like and that and, and money that is raised for the ODVSS, like that will go towards someday maybe hopefully achieving that. And and this is exactly say like my aim. There's two there's two branches to this. And as I said, if it's one woman that just feels comfortable enough to say even contact the guys there in the Offaly Domestic Violence Support Centre by feeling more confident in herself and getting the help that she needs. But as I said, the resources and the finance is just not there at the minute. So as I said, as big or small of donations that I'll be giving the guys, which hopefully will increase, there is a GoFundMe link. And if you do want to donate, please do. But you can also donate directly to the guys as well. Um, And it it will go so far because the real problems that people are facing, and no matter, as I said, how big or small they may be, changes need to be made. And this cannot be ignored anymore. The conversation, as I said, needs to stay open. And these women need resources that need help as you said you mentioned about the refuge this needs to be looked at and it just yeah. can't be ignored anymore i was talking about this um 
oh, sure, we've been talking about nothing else, let's be honest, the past week and a half with my students. Now, the majority of my students, as it happens this year in Bally Farmer College, are young men. And yeah. just, just the way it worked out. And one of them told me that he goes for a jog because he likes to keep fit. And if he comes across a woman on her own, he'll cough to let her know he's behind her. And I just think it's so sad that we're taking those kind of precautions. Precautions, I know. And it is this sad, sad reality. And say, from my perspective, there are good people out there like that guy. There are good women and evidently there are good men for that matter. And my dad being one of them who has kindly come on board with me on this project and he he's offering his what 40 years experience and dedication to martial arts he's a black belt in traditional kempokrati and he, he he himself has a long history of teaching and service to the community and like that he has me he has a daughter he like he can't even same as myself compre- comprehend what's after happening but if we together can just make one small difference in someone's life that that's a big thing in my book um, and I suppose just in relation to the actual course as well like we'll be aiming to empower women by giving them knowledge and techniques that will allow them to react more positively in stressful or dangerous situations and like the course itself will start with situational and environmental awareness and then using effective techniques such as like distance and angling and timing to effectively defend yourself freely and truly. Tara, what about fitness levels? How fit do we need to be to take these classes? Well, I can assure you, growing up with him, he, he'll, uh, he'll, make, he'll make the heart rate go, go, go up, I can assure you that. But look, for anybody that might be nervous of the, the actual um, fitness element of it, it serves everyone, absolutely everybody all ages all sizes all fitness um levels because do you know what we'll be working on like self-defense principles that work in real life situations it's general knowledge and how to use effective natural techniques to be able to defend yourself against say stronger faster opponents this kind of thing and how to incorporate awareness principles so if anybody's worried about the fitness element there's a lot more to it (laughs) That's really good to know, because I know sometimes people might be a bit nervous about it. And of course, the one thing that I think is fantastic about what you're doing is that these resources are going to be made available online. So if the time doesn't suit you, if you've, you know, we all have very busy lives, you will be able to follow along at your own pace at home if that's what you prefer. Exactly. And the thing about it is, is this information should be made accessible regardless of myself and my out lad, <laughs> you know, it should be made accessible um, to every woman in the country and the world for that matter, because I know we're just doing a four week self-defense course, but the response, as I said, has been outstanding for the actual need and the want for this information and um, kind of technique. And as I said, it's a comfort thing. It's that feeling of being safer in your community. Mm-hmm. And like, 
if you're working full time, if you're minding kitties, if you're doing school runs, that's absolutely fine. You can watch those videos in your own time. You can, they, they, as I said, it's not physically demanding really that you can take it in by just watching it. If it is the case that you don't have the space to maybe do the movements, you can watch it. You can still digest that information, do you know? And it's about building up confidence. Like, as I said last week, the very first time I was assaulted, I was six years old and it wasn't the last. And to have this kind of information made available to all of us, not just women, on how to make smarter choices when we're in stressful situations. I think exactly. it's, it's a really worthwhile initiative and fair play to you guys organizing it. Now, I should say, in fairness, you're not the only people doing things like this in and the, in you're the wake of- I have to take the words out of my mouth because do you know what? Um, I've got, I've got a lot of support on this um, and some people, uh, it, it's funny how some people kind of take it up that it's like, oh, well, what difference is it going to make? And I am calm at the best of times. But when this kind of me mentality seeped in, um, just with some some people, um, it kind of, it, it nearly dwindled my spirit a little bit with but then as I seen more and more people more coaches more sports people the likes of Grania Walsh doing her her course down in the Tullamore Town Park then I seen a couple of different people in my own local area and I'm so proud that they're doing it because I'm like well if it was myself or someone else that sparked that interest and sparked that eagerness to teach people this very vital information um like i think it's incredible do you know and i hope that as i said it seeps out through the country it's not just the yeah. midlands do you well, know what i mean i have been genuinely heartened over the last week to see these initiatives pop up across the midlands i hope it goes across the country personally i think it should be on the curriculum in secondary school but that's 100%. a conversation for another day tara <laughs> yeah. how do we find out about um your your workshops and the courses that you're running yeah so look at if it is a case that you can't um come physically and as i said the import person the first in person of course is full but fingers crossed all going well we're going to put more dates out there so if you just want to go on to macselfdefense.com so mcselfdefense.com and you simply register there it'll be me that you're talking to um i'm very easy and accessible to find hence i'll be on the show from 12 to 2 today um and also you can find me on all social media platforms as well but also um i do have the go fund me link the donate link on the the website and on my social media and Midlands 103 have supported this as well. And it is also on their Instagram page as well. So if you do want to have a look and feel free, reach out to me. I'm uh, I, I'm quite chatty and I'm quite approachable. So don't be shy. Please ask me. <laughs> well, if you liked, if you enjoyed hearing from Tara and it's the first time you've heard from her, I do recommend you tune into Midlands 103 at 12 o'clock this afternoon when her award winning show will be on the airwaves. Thank you so much for taking some time out this morning morning a little bit early to have a chat with us here on Chatters and Matters. After the break, we're going to have some music from Colin Kenny. Chatters and Matters with Ashling O'Rourke on Midlands 183.
with St. Kieran's Nursing Home Rathcabin and Comfort Keepers Live-In Care Services. You're listening to Chatters and Matters here on Midlands 103. Well, you know, we like to check in with our artists here on the programme each and every week, as much as we can, at least. And we're joined now by a man who uh, might be familiar to most of you. He's been on the programme before. Uh, Colin Kenny, welcome to Chatters and Matters again. Welcome back. Hello, hello, Ashley. How are you doing? It's a pleasure to be back on the show, and I'm delighted to uh, to meet you in the new year, 2022. I know. Oh, I haven't even gotten used to that just yet. Uh, we're we're slowly getting there, I think. So, yeah, Colin, yeah. um, now I know the last time we had a chat, we focused mainly on your music side uh, side of work, but I'm curious. You're a barber as well, and what what's the job like being a barber? What does it entail? Um, well, the thing with a barber is you have to be a very good listener. That's always a good thing um, because you have lots of customers during the day. But it's obviously a skill that you use your hands with. Um, it's, a, it's a skill that you learn over time. I'm working here in Bursa Cane since 2015 and uh, built up my business here. And I decided to go out on my own after COVID and the lockdowns in May of this year. So before that, I worked with my partner, Laura in her hair salon and um, yeah it's been great times it's been busy with Christmas of course and uh, trying to do the few gigs in between and the new year then we'll take a few days off in between and uh, came back then on the 5th of January and sure I'm here ever since (laughs) okay and now I know um men tend I think in Ireland men tend to be good at keeping themselves well groomed and all of that Uh, does it go through trends and fashions I would of course like I'd be honest with you I have a a very very big stage like some of the customers in today it's like the oldest man was in his 80s and the youngest one today was like four years old so you meet all the different the different styles and and the different uh so obviously like you know, a four-year-old would be totally different to a 10-year-old and a 20-year-old that's going to college would be different to somebody maybe who was uh, in the professional world in their 30s. So, um, yeah, you do, and of course, you do courses. I do a couple of courses every year just to kind of retrain all the time. And there's there's a massive amount of content, of course, online on the likes of YouTube and stuff like that. So I constantly be viewing into that as well for the new fashions and the new changes, Ashley. Because I think it's important, like I know we tend in the media to focus on women's fashion and women's grooming, but, you know, it's just as important for men to to keep themselves looking well. And it has a really big and important impact. If we look well, we feel better about ourselves. Oh, for sure. And I've noticed it myself in the country music scene that over the years, um, like all the top uh, gentlemen, they they all wear shrieky suits like. Uh, there's no cowboy hats anymore and, and that kind of thing. And even with the ladies, they're so glamorous nowadays. It's unbelievable. But uh, going back to the hairstyles, like the men are immaculate because I think like anything else, it's just they can, uh, we're probably a, a little bit of a wealthier race now of people that we can afford to uh, go out now. It's, it's not a treat anymore. It's a kind of a, a thing we do on an ongoing basis. Like back in the day, my mother cut my hair for years. And uh, she cut my father's hair up until I started cutting dad's hair back 10 years ago. And uh, my dad has hit me for 80 now, but it was a very funny story. He said to me, he says, I just said, like, did you go to the barbers often, dad? You know, and he says, he says, oh, I did, he says, but sure, when I met your mother, sure, she started putting it then. 
Like mom and dad were married 51 years at this stage. <laughs> so he was he was staying loyal to her. He wasn't going, he wasn't going anywhere else. That's certainly a loyal customer for sure. Uh, yeah, think- yeah. I'm the kind of person I'll try my hand at most things and and um but taking a blade or a razor to somebody's skin I I tell you I think it's one of those gigs I would be terrified to try out it it does take some skill doesn't it Ah sure like anything else I was always fairly handy with my hands I played a lot of hurling um was good at woodworking school um but they probably didn't get opportunities to to go down the lines of being a carpenter or so on because times are changing. And uh, my age group, a lot of people were beginning to go to college. Everybody in, in school was going to college. And um, to come back and do barber, I'd done it later in life, Ashling. And it was, I, I'll be honest with you, I had applied to go back to finish off a, de- a degree in business studies or to do a barber course. And I decided I'd do the barber course. And sure, I've never looked back since. So um, I run my own shop here, as I said, now. And also I am self-employed as a musician. So I'm delighted that I can say that. And I'm my own, uh, I'm my own boss as well, which is, which is a great thing as well, which a lot of people can't say, you know. So it has its pros and its cons. But of course, like anything else, it's a great achievement, you know. I got, in, I got into a little bit of trouble early last year when I complained that many of the men that I was seeing on a day-to-day basis, well, fair enough, certain places were shut down and all of that during the lockdown. But, uh, well, we could still buy razors in the shops. Like there, wasn't, there was no excuse to be scruffy as far as I was concerned. Um, are men good, do you think, in Ireland about keeping themselves trimmed uh, and all of that? Ah, they are, to be fair. Like, I, I have a little bit of a beard myself, and I, I have that for, I suppose, over 10 years now, but I'd always keep it trimmed back and so on. But a uh, story what I would tell you about the lockdown, people used to come in at, like the first time, and there was a lot of home haircuts, you know, lots of home. And it was great at the start, and you're saying, oh, like, my wife done it or my mother done it. It was so easy. So then the lockdown came in again, and then they came back, and they were going, Colin, couldn't wait for you to come back. <laughs> oh, why was that? How did Mammy go this time around? Or how did the wife? Oh, sure. It took a while to get done. And I'd say, how long is a while? Like, oh, we could have been, we could have been two hours at. You know, so it was a novelty at the start. But then obviously when they had to keep doing it over and over again. And um, the novelty for uh, really <laughs> really wore out when you're missing chunks behind the ear and stuff like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, so, look, yeah, it's not it's it's not something I have the courage to take on. I'll be perfectly honest on that one. So look, um things are and I touch wood as I even say this, but they're beginning to feel a bit more normal or whatever counts as normal nowadays. Are you back on the road gigging? I am. I was lucky enough. Like I like we were out of work for the barbershop six months, uh, two years ago and five months last year. So we've seen both sides of it. And um, the music obviously was gone totally. So um, I made a conscious effort to to basically go back out and meet meet uh, the hotels and the bars again, sending out uh, little leaflets about myself and CDs and cards. And I was very fortunate. I had a couple of hotels over the Christmas. Well, one in particular booked me a lot over Christmas time. So, like, uh, the, the rules obviously was different for hotels. You could stay open that little bit later to 12. So, like, I, I played music on Christmas Day. I played music on St. Stephen's Night. And I played music on New Year's Eve. So, I was, I was very fortunate uh, okay. this Christmas. And because of that, you know. 
and you're you're tipping over so as they would say well i am but it's like anything else i have a few things coming up i was fortunate enough to be chosen this year for for the television program clotera which takes place down in galway every year um, it's the country irish country music x factor i suppose and um olivia douglas is my mentor but like um I'm going to be on TV next Tuesday night at 9.30, but the point I'm trying to get to is that you keep keep working. I'm always working towards something else. Like I was fortunate to travel over to uh, Scotland in November, and now I'm traveling back to Scotland with music again in April of this uh, in this year, and um, I'll probably be going again later on in the year. Okay. So little doors are opening up all the time, and uh, I suppose since the, the completion of my album that time, even though it was never released, the songs are beginning to stick, Ashling. Remember them songs that I was playing to a while yeah, ago? <laughs> yeah, yeah, But people are, them songs now are kind of becoming household names. Uh, and they ask me to sing those certain songs if I'm in a, in a hotel or a bar, if they know me. Or also when I'm doing my live videos on Facebook, uh, which I do uh, every week. You know, so it's, it's strange, but it's great. And now, speaking of those songs, you, you've sent us in a, a newer one that'll be out in February, I believe. Yeah, I'm going to release this song. It's a, it's a, it's a foxtrot, so it's kind of a, it's a take on an old-style country song, fiddle and steel guitar. And, um, of course, country songs are full of heartbreak and woe and all that kind of thing. So yeah. this one is called uh, Never Said Goodbye. And um, it's just it's one of the songs from the album. And um, it's one of the songs that really not a whole pile of people has heard yet, which is anybody that has fall in love with it because there's a story in it as well. So, um, yes. So the tagline is, is I should have never said goodbye, basically, you know, so we all have one of those uh, stories or somebody that we shouldn't have said goodbye to, you know, that kind of way. So that's the one who got away, perhaps. Possibly, possibly. You'll have to listen to the song to find out, Ashley. <laughs> and Colin, will you be will we be able to see you around the Midlands now over the course of 2022, do you think? Well, I'm working out of a couple of hotels, a hotel group at the moment. So I'll be playing in places like Port Leash, down as far as um, Limerick, playing Cork as well. But um, where I'm aiming towards, I suppose, is to work more on the social dancing scene. So that will be a little bit later in the year but in the meantime it gives me an opportunity to do the hotel work but also i'm trying to have a colin kenny weekend that's the plan um, so in time people will come and uh, we'll have a, a weekend stay in a hotel and we'll have um, a couple of nights colin kenny uh singing his songs and concerts and dance and that kind of thing and we'll have a few other singers on board from the midlands and um so people can basically come down when the COVID is over, book in, you'll have music at, during the day and music at night time and, and some dance. So that's that's my goal for this year, actually, as well. So Well, Colin Kenny, um, as you said, you're doing the Facebook uh, live gigs still. So so look up Colin Kenny's music on his Facebook page. It's a good page to follow. And um, we, we uh, will thank Colin for taking his time out of his busy barbering and gigging schedule for joining us on Chatters and Matters this week. Colin, um, I'm sure we'll be hearing from you in the not too distant future. Uh, thanks so much, Ashley. And a big hello to all the listeners on the show. Um, it's been great sports to me over the last while. My mum and dad listening all the time. So they'll be delighted, they'll be delighted to hear me on the show as well. So thank well, you so much. Good morning, Mammy and Daddy Kenny. And I hope you're curled up with a nice hot cup of listening to us today on the show.
Uh, the will for sure. Well, Colin Kenny, thanks again for joining us on Chatters and Matters. We're going to take a short break, but then, as we said, we will bring you the new song from Colin Kenny before today's show is out. We'll be back after the break. Chatters and Matters with Ashling O'Rourke on Midlands 183 with St. Kieran's Nursing Home, Rathcabin and Comfort Keepers Live and Care Services. You're listening to Chatters and Matters here on Midlands 103. I'm your host, Ashling O'Rourke, and the programme was brought to you with thanks to Comfort Keepers and St. Kieran's Nursing Home, Rathcabin. Well, thank you for joining us on our show this morning. I hope you did enjoy hearing from our guests. And just once again, if you were affected by our conversation around violence against women and gender-based violence, uh, please do pick up the phone and reach out in confidence to the Offaly Domestic Violence Support Service. Their helpline number is 057 935 1886. That's 057 935 1886. My thanks to our contributors to the show this week. Also, I want to thank especially my right-hand woman, Rosaline, for keeping the show on the week, on the road each and every week, even. And of course, thank you to the Age Friendly Alliance volunteers across Leash, Offaly and Westmeath for all the work that you do. I'll be back same time next week with another edition of Chatters and Matters here on Midlands 103.